welcome back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. This is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and a soul healer. I'm joined today with Ansa Adam. Ansa is a marketing strategist with over a decade of experience in the cross sections of marketing, SaaS, and DEIB. Ansa Adam recently founded Blacklist, a platform and safe space for workers of all industries to share stories, warnings, and resources with communities of common experience. She spends her free time as a writer and a storyteller performing in shows across Washington, D.C., and most recently Berlin, Germany. Ansa is a 2022 Moth Story Slam champion storyteller and can be heard in an upcoming new podcast hosted by Academy Award-winning actress Lupita Nyong'o. You can find her on TikTok at Ansa and get a weekly dose of her in your inbox by subscribing to her newsletter, Red Flags. For everything else, check out ansaadam.com slash everything. Ansa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Amy. Like I had a couple struggles with with the bio. I really, really uh, had to take a big pause at Lupita Nyong'o. What? So I do storytelling, and I had one day I was just feeling kind of like if I were successful was kind of the theme of the day, and so I made a list of the top five storytelling podcasts, and I said if I were a successful storyteller, if I were famous, these are the ones I would be on, and I cold called all five of them. And I said, you have no reason to know who I am, but this is who I am. And this is, I think I have a story that would really fit for your audience. And a few got back to me, but one got back to me in particular and said, this storytelling podcast we're working on actually might be a better fit. It's hosted by Lupita Nyong'o, if you've heard of her. And it's a Pan-African storytellers. I'm Nigerian, Nigerian-American and um, Pan-African storytellers. And we think you'd be a really good fit. So 10 hours in the studio later, I recorded a story with them. With her personally? No, not really. No, no, no. It's still amazing. (laughs) It was definitely some like movie magic, some behind the scenes Hollywood stuff that I was like, wait a second. So I don't talk to her. And they're like, oh, no, no one ever talks to the celebrity on these podcasts. Oh, wow. That's funny. (laughs) And she was busy with with Black Panther 2. And then the writer's strike happened. And so it's been a long time coming. I actually recorded it last summer. And it's it was supposed to come in the winter, then spring, then and it's just still on the back burner. But I'm really, really looking forward to when it's released. That's amazing, Anza! Wow, that's that's gorgeous and exquisite. I'll look out for the announcement and I'll just you know broadcast it everywhere. So, oh, it's been such a pleasure to know you for I think a month. I'm an avid BuzzFeed scroller. It's kind of how I get my news at the end of each day, and I found this article about uh, Blacklist. And I looked, I was like searching through, I'm like, who wrote this? Who, who is, is this? Whose company is this? Ansa Edom. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I, I found you on LinkedIn. And, you know, thank you so much for taking my call and meeting with me and um, becoming fast friends. And I just adore you and like you so much. And the work that you're doing and what you stand for is unreal. And um, tell us about the moves that you're excited to be making or what's going on in Ansa's world. So as you mentioned, in this, there was a BuzzFeed article about a website that I started called Blacklist. It's at ourblacklist.org. And it's a space where people can really share, people of like-minded communities can share their experiences from companies that do not respect them, that do not treat them well. These people are from underrepresented communities. So LGBTQIA+, BIPOC, a disabled communities. These are people who deserve dignity at work like everyone else does. And what's important about Blacklist is its intersectionality. And that's why I started it, is that there are sites, there's Glassdoor, there's Posit, people of color in IT, 
there are a bunch of different hubs where people can write company reviews, polite company reviews. And maybe as you get more niche, there may be slightly less polite. But there is no space like Blacklist where we as underrepresented communities who are more than one thing can come together and say, no, 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 in solidarity, I don't want to work for an organization that mistreats disabled people. And I don't want to work for an organization that mistreats Black women. I think there's power in numbers. And I was really excited to launch that. I did it on a whim on a random Friday. And I posted a TikTok about it. And it got half a million views. <laughs> and um, it totally overwhelmed me. <laughs> but it's happening. And I'm really excited about it. Wow. And when did this launch? August 25th, I believe. It's funny because it was something that I just did not expecting anything of it. I didn't expect that people would want to fund me or that people would want to write about me in BuzzFeed. I was really shocked that it went anywhere, honestly, because I just said, oh, hey, I created this thing, if anyone's interested, and it just blew up. So you're a year old. Blacklist is a year old. Oh, no. Blacklist is two months old. (laughs) Only two months. Oh, my gosh. For some reason. The BuzzFeed article came the week after I launched it. Wow, I thought it had been like around and I was so pumped for it. No, wow, there are over 600 companies on the list now. What? Yeah, and counting. Okay, I'm going to go add some. <laughs> well, may I add some? Yes, of course. It's open It's open to everyone, allies. And, and really what I like about um, the idea behind Blacklist, again, is its intersectionality, is that there are several people who are asking me, is this for me? Is this okay? And I said, yes, of course. It's for everyone who identifies as any underrepresented community in the workplace. And that includes women, women of color, women identifying people. It includes, if you think it's you, it is you. So it's not for white men. Essentially, you know, I've been asked that, like, is that? And honestly, probably not. But there's one question I got about ageism is that there was, you know, a a white man who said, hey, I'm a young white man and I've experienced this in the workplace. Is this for me? And honestly, my response was, you have a story to tell. Please share your story. No, and you're absolutely right. That's what this is all about. It's restoring balance no matter what. For true equity, we can't discount anyone. That's where we got to in the first place. So that's um, something that I keep in mind constantly is like, we can't cast anyone aside in the spirit of true equity, but it's time that some people get real, start getting real uncomfortable because uh, yeah. it's, it's time. So exactly. Okay, so you mentioned Glassdoor. So uh, on my exit and I'm, I'm uh, almost a year out on the 28th, I'm going to write an amazing year anniversary post about it. Uh, keep an eye out on LinkedIn. I wrote something on Glassdoor that wasn't, I didn't go all the way in because I was still uh, hurting and still kind of close to the experience. And what could someone expect? I mean, Glassdoor, you're, you're still suggesting maybe that Glassdoor has like a PC element to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, So my experience with Glassdoor is that Glassdoor is in the pocket of the companies and their main customer, the people they need to keep happy is the companies. And I totally understand that, actually, because the revenue model for Blacklist is also the money would come from the companies. But it's really it's really different in that my review for the company experience that I had that inspired me to launch Blacklist, um, which was I'm now like two years out from that experience, two or three years. My review for that got pinged by Glassdoor and they came back to me and said, hey, you've got to edit this. 
because it's obvious who you're talking about. I had named titles, not names, but job titles. Yeah. And I said, you know, the COO this or the CEO that. And their response was they took it down and I had to edit it. And then I edited it and it got taken down again. And and I thought to myself, I don't understand. I'm giving my honest review of my experience. It was a pretty bad experience that ended in a settlement out of court. People need to know about this. Why can't I go on Glassdoor and say, this is what happened to me? And I recognize that there is a need for storytelling. I'm not writing a polite review. I'm not giving them one star and a paragraph. I need people to know what happened to me. And there's so many people who have a story to tell who don't want to go to Glassdoor and say, don't work here, it sucks. They want to say, this is what happened to me. Where can they go to do that? It's not Glassdoor, because Glassdoor will take your review down. (laughs) Something that I stumbled upon yesterday is that there's an actual act that is in progress. It's called the Workplace Psychological uh, Safety Safety Act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, out of Massachusetts. And I signed the petition last night, and I've been so amped about this. I barely slept because I was so excited because in the workplace, there's nothing to protect anyone right now. And so we're a little, we're really actually not a little bit, we're really behind the curve on that. So I was really excited to see that coming. It would be a cool collaboration at some point, Blacklist and work in the, in that act to say. It would. Yeah. I, I, especially because when I left the most recent company, this was the main thing that I mentioned to them was that I didn't feel psychologically safe. And that as a black woman in leadership, I'm often, I feel left out. I feel, and this could just be, this could be trauma, right? This, this last company I left, um, I had to stress to everyone who asked, it wasn't that bad, really. It wasn't, you know, but I was so triggered by the little things that I was a problem. Like I could not stay here because the little things I know would snowball into big things. And I felt so powerless and I felt so angry. And when you see people who are bad actors being rewarded for their bad behavior, I know it's not a place for me. So then now I'm upset because I'm going to be jobless because I'm going to leave and the cycle starts over again. And you have to take the hit for something that is egregiously inhumane. Exactly. At the end of the day, I am still unemployed. And this was something that I've been talking about a lot lately is that these companies after I've left, because I tend to be a galvanizer, I tend to be a, you know, rabble rouser. Um, in fact, this was something I, I, I thought you'd find interesting is that I have this overwhelming feeling that I'm unhirable now. <laughs> and it, it's really heartbreaking, actually. But because I'm so much like I want companies to be held to a standard of basic decency. But you know, I, I've had the, these experiences and afterwards the company makes a big deal. Oh, we're going to hire a DEI consultant. Oh, we're going to do all these things. They get to do that while I get to be unemployed. And it's really a depressing cycle. Yeah. I hear you. I see you. And to hear you say that you're unhirable, I want to give honor to your feelings. They're all valid. I can't imagine anything being close to that truth. Um, but it is your truth at this moment. I honor that. <clears throat> but my perception of you is like, I want to hire you like today. If, if my company was a little bit bigger then I would, <clears throat> I would um, invite you in. And I don't even know that, that I could do you justice, you know, uh, <laughs> what you can do and the strength that you can do. So you're unstoppable. And what I, what I feel is that the environment that you're in is restricting you. It's not you. Yeah, that it's the environment. It's the yeah. It's so funny you say that because um, we were talking earlier about how I met someone and he's Scottish and that's great. But something he said in a voice note that uh, I actually kept because 
it was like the first time I'd really thought of something like this was we were talking about dating and how, you know, I've, I've divorced. I've also called off a wedding, you know, I just not necessarily have given up, but I just, my standards are so impossibly high now, which I think is great because they were so low (laughs) before. And he said, I don't think your standards are low. I think the world's standard in approaching you has been low. Yeah. And I saved it and I listened to it when I'm down because it's, I never thought about that. I'm telling myself, I'm a common denominator here. But when I look around, I am constantly disappointed in what's around me, whether it's a a date or a job. And I don't know how to escape that kind of badness. And I'm just looking for the goodness. And I think it applies to so many things in life is that the world standard in approaching me and all of us has been low. I think you do know how to escape it. Probably. (laughs) No, I'm, and, and, and he's so right. And I love that. And it's absolutely true. Like we've just been, especially when there's been, uh, you and I have a similar case where like, there's been several workplaces and situations in a row. And it's easy to think that we're the common denominator. It's more that we are such a rarity Mm -hmm. in this world that accepts mediocrity that when we're faced with it, we have the self-worth and value to say that's not good enough. Yeah. Yep. And that's something I never want to lose because that's what, and I'll speaking for myself, that's my unique brilliance. And I see so much of that in you, like, and I just never want you to lose that. I love that actually, because I always would feel really bad about that, especially in from a dating perspective. When people tell me like, aren't you afraid of being alone? Aren't you? And I, and I say, I can't shake a tree without a husband falling out. I've been proposed to more times than people can, can imagine. And for someone who had very low self-esteem growing up, I'm a plus size black woman in America, you know, growing up in the nineties and two thousands where like heroin chic was really cool. It's a lot easier than I thought it would be to get a job, to find a husband, those types of things. So I really had to pivot and think, what do I want out of this world? And what I want is a lot more than what I've been offered. And so I kind of, I'm trying to learn to kind of accept what other people might call suffering to live the life that I think I deserve. Suffering is interesting. And we talked about this a little bit before we hit record as well. It's like the, the world will get really pinchy if you're not like aligned with your highest self. It's going to help you. And the suffering is interesting. It's like, I don't want to be the Pollyanna of like, oh, good things don't come without the bad. No, it sucks some days. Absolutely. And the pinchier it gets, it's like, okay, let me reclaim what I do want and start lining up what you do want and what you do deserve. And suddenly mountains start moving and you're like, whoa, and it's, it's wild because a lot of times we think about, yeah, it's easy for everyone to say that. Just make one, just make one move, one phone call, one, that is enough to start like a watershed moment for what you're really supposed to be doing. So yeah. I can't wait to talk to you in a few months or even like six months when you're in your new jam, whatever that looks like. So and I'm so sorry for all of the experiences you've had and what you've been going through lately. Um, I hear it in your voice. I see it. And I just want to be here for you in this moment to share what you feel and what your experience looks like right now and how any of us out here can help. So I'm going to read something that you posted just this morning. I'm so grateful for the massive support I've seen for both Blacklist and my job search. It's a wild market right now and finding a new full-time role has been rough. 
Keep the referrals and recommendations coming. Anyone looking for marketing directors, brand strategists, or DEI consultants, feel free to reach out. What's happening behind this? Yeah, so I woke up this morning and I was feeling really down. Just, I didn't want to get out of bed. I am hiding from paying certain bills um, because I'm afraid that if I spend that money, then I won't have that money for this other thing. And it's a position I just can't believe I find myself in again. I was divorced maybe seven years ago now, and it was a financially devastating divorce. Like it just completely wrecked me financially. And the anxiety and stress that I had in that moment is what I'm starting to feel again. And I told myself back then, I will never, ever let myself get into this position again, ever. And here I am. And I just woke up feeling so disappointed in myself and angry with the world and angry with myself. And I thought, how could you not have savings or enough savings? How could you not have anticipated that you might not like working at this company um, or that they would treat you this way? And I just was blaming myself and blaming myself. And then I had this kind of eye-opening moment that I am surrounded by love and friends and family and an amazing network. I'm surrounded by this amazing network of people. Uh, A lot of layoffs are happening right now in my network. And I see people just being vulnerable on LinkedIn, where in my head, LinkedIn is this, I'm going to celebrate my professional achievements. I'm not going to really talk about anything personal, you know, but I see people posting personal things, things that align with work and being human overlap. And so I just decided to be honest and post something that says, you know, I have applied to hundreds of jobs, hundreds, countless. And even the ones that are getting back to me are ghosting me after an interview or two. And they're just disappearing and withering away. So my hopes get up and down and up and down. And I want to focus on referrals. I want to ask my network, look, I know you loved working with me before. You can do it again. (laughs) And within a few minutes, I had two people reach out and say, hey, uh, there's an opening where I work that I think you'd be great for. And I just wanted the universe to know that I am not desperate, but that I'm open. And that's what that post was. Thank you for your vulnerability. And you're right. There's been this assumption on LinkedIn and I've been using it as kind of like my own personal Facebook the past year. And it's been exquisitely freeing uh, (laughs) because I say the shit that no one wants to talk about on LinkedIn. It's like, this is where we've gotten to though. We're like LinkedIn in the workplace is somewhere you can't be human at. So like, I'm trying to like shatter that one post at a time. I want to make sure to connect with you with anyone that I have in my network. Please find anyone that you want to meet. I'll connect to you. I heard you say something that that was really concerning is that um, you woke up blaming yourself, disappointing yourself. Do you still feel that way? You know what you can do, Ansa. Yeah, I, I shift between I deserve better. I deserve good things. And I'm so angry at the universe for not being what I need it to be. And well, why can't I just accept that this, that it is what it is. And I shift, I kind of swing between the two. And what helped me today especially, is that I am performing at the Lincoln Theater here in Washington, D.C. on November 14th. And it's uh, with The Moth, with NPR's The Moth. It's a Grand Slam championship. I've been invited. It's a whole big thing. And the theme of that show is making waves. And I thought, I don't know what to talk about. I have no idea. What do you mean making waves? So I pitched my friends and they said, first of all, Ansa, you are the wave. (laughs) Ah. 
And they said, you're doing, they listed all of these things that I'm doing currently that I don't, I don't think about because I have massive imposter syndrome that I am this like successful person who's everywhere doing all these things. But what helped me is that I sat down, I wrote my story for that show. And in writing it, I recognized in myself all of the, the action that I take when I'm feeling like, nope, this isn't good enough. I have consistently in my life defied the odds of failure. I have looked it in the eye and said, okay, maybe, but just for a short period of time. And this time is no different. So I gave myself a little pep talk and said, you might be feeling like this right now, but history will repeat itself in that you will come out of this and you will be better than ever and everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. And that's what I just reminded myself of. Oh, that's beautiful. Amazing job in being able to recognize that in yourself. Because as we talked about, it's like, feel your feelings. Everything that comes up is valid. It's not about ignoring, you know, what you felt when you woke up, but it's beautiful the way that you're able to walk through that. So I congratulate you on that. And it's so, it's so true. Every high has a low and every low has a high. It's just the constant, uh, it's the constant change in the up and down, but th- that's what makes it beautiful. And you are the wave. Oh my gosh. Like, I can't imagine not you having like a million things to talk about at that show and I wish I could come yeah it'll be recorded and I'll share it but it's it's just it's so funny that people who have known me for a matter of weeks when I said oh I have the show and I don't know what to talk about they were like what do you mean you're Ansa you are the time to talk about I was like me (laughs) my head so much that I'm just like I am an unemployed person who is really financially struggling and stressed out and you know thinking of all these things that are happening meanwhile everyone around me is like yeah but your answer like you're gonna land on your feet and I need to remember that more often think about the world the way it's working right now the way it has been working is um based on greed money capitalism and what you stand for is humanity high vibration and uh humanity like overall of course it doesn't feel good of course it's like feels like it's closing in because but what's really happening is the tides turning in the way you live in the way you right. change the way that you lead and that other piece of what's been making us uncomfortable for so long that's going to be that's what we're changing. And that's what you're the, the, on the forefront of, we, we need you. You're not the, that's not the norm anymore that like, you know, the financially strapped, all that crap. It's real. I hear you. It's necessary. I get it. And it's what is fundamentally changing right now, which is why we're seeing so many bad actors come forth and try to like tighten the screws. Yeah. And one, one of the things about blacklist, um, is that a lot of people have reached out to me saying, oh, you're a rocket ship. This startup is going to blow up. This is so exciting. And I'm thinking, well, the thing I need most is money for this. And they're like, yeah, 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 that'll come. But I'm thinking, well, no. And one of the things I'm avoiding is a lot of people want to volunteer their time with me. And I refuse because it's more important to me that people are paid for their time than it is for me to take advantage of their labor and make a profit off of it. And Some people might say that that's just not good business sense. And to me, it is good business sense not to take advantage of people's time because that's the, that's how I I want to be is that if there are 
if there are moneyed people who are interested in supporting this, then they will support it. But otherwise, people who are saying, oh, I could I could do 10 hours a week. Absolutely not. And when I get funded, I will pay you. But I'm not interested because that is how billionaires get rich is that they have to uh, they have to take advantage of people. And it might seem like a really small thing, but to me, it's a really core principle of who I am. It makes me deeply uncomfortable to work with people who are putting in time and effort and I can't give them anything. You can't feed your family an experience. So it's just something that I recognize that this is going to be a slow build and that's okay because I want to do it right. You want to do it right. That's amazing. I'm going to start a new hashtag. It's going to be fund, fund ANSA and fund blacklist. <laughs> yes. Help me live the life that I deserve working remotely from the UK. <laughs> I've got you friend. We're going to do this. I've got you. It's going to happen. And, and I think you're so right. It's going to happen because it has to happen. Yes. It has it, to happen. Full stop. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It is on the horizon. It's already in some, in some cases it's already happened. And now it's your just it's your job to like walk the line to the moment in this realm that it's in the physical world. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so what would you say to those who get what you're doing all the work? You know, you just mentioned your your friends and um, even me knowing you for a couple months. It's like your answer. What would you say to people that know and get the work that you're doing, but also that are like, wait, what? To people who know and get the work that I'm doing, thank you. The world needs more of you. The world needs more of us. Solidarity gets the goods. Coming together is really what we need right now. And I know those sound like platitudes, but it's just a fact. Like you said, the tide is turning and we need to come together to ride the wave into this new way of existing, this new way of living. Companies are are barely holding on. People are barely holding on. Something's got to give. When I left my job, I needed health insurance. I went on the exchange, $450 a month for health insurance. And I thought to myself, if I lived in any other country, I wouldn't be paying suddenly $500 a month without a job. And it was a huge turning point for me that something's got to give. That in this country, people deserve to be treated so much better. We deserve more financial stability. We deserve more safety in general. I live in a big city or a major city. DC is not that big, but it's violent in certain neighborhoods. It's violent in my neighborhood and we deserve better. So I want to thank the people who support me in understanding that everyone deserves better than what they're getting right now. And something's got to give to the people who don't quite understand it. I truly believe that they are going to get left behind because You've got to lead, follow, or get out of the way. And they need to get out of the way. (laughs) They're in the way. (laughs) So they're not going to lead because they benefit the system where they are. They benefit from the system sitting where they are. They're not going to follow because as things shift, they're so stuck in their ways. So they just need to get out of the way. And when I think about Blacklist in terms of uh, who needs to get out of the way, it's these old style CEOs, these um, tech people who have been running their businesses with their buddies for so long, and they think they're going to survive and they're not going to survive. They are having massive layoffs as we're supposed to be economically um, reviving from the pandemic. These companies are suddenly still losing people. They're not treating their candidates well. 
my story of applying to jobs is not unique. People are getting interviews and then being ghosted. They're getting requested for interviews and being ghosted. I don't know what's going on, but companies need to get it together <laughs> and they need to get out of the way because there's a new generation of people coming into market. Millennials will make up 75% of the workplace in a matter of years, of just a few years, because people believe that millennials are 25-year-olds. We're not. We are 40-year-olds who are taking over the workplace and, and haven't helped these companies with Gen Z. You know, we're not taking it anymore. And so they need to get out of the way and make room for the new generation of what it means to work. Answer said, get out of the way. That's, <laughs> I love Gen Z so much. Millennials, we've been like, we've been polite and kind and like long enough because we were taught to do that. Gen Z has now given us the power to be like, oh, hell no, we are coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're not taking this. And, and you know, they, they need us more than we need them. There was a quote of some CEO saying something like, people need to be hungry. Unemployment needs to go up so that people will accept the jobs we're offering. It was this terrible thing. And it reminded me of the last company I worked at, one of the reasons I left, but some something I, I just heard and was kind of told is the executive leadership was laughing and joking. And they said, people need to be afraid to get fired more often. And I thought to myself, how inhumane. Mm -mm. We are all trying to survive. I'm not thriving. I'm making enough money to give myself the basics of the life I want to live. And that might include a vacation or two every so often. Heaven forbid, you know, that I get my nails done, you know, every couple of months or I have Starbucks. But that is the life that we are all entitled to. And these companies want people to be afraid of losing that at all times. And that has to end. So mm -hmm. to those who are detractors, your time is coming. Unsubscribe, get out of the way. <laughs> uh, Ansa, where can we find you? So I would say TikTok, honestly, if you'd um, like to see anything about me, I talk about so many things there. Um, you can hear my stories about um, Iceland. I just went on an Iceland round two trip with a man that I met two weeks ago, which was a the closing the loop of a previous trip two years ago in Iceland with a man I had known for one week. Spoiler alert, they both have the same name. Um, so that was hilarious. Um, I also talk about um, relationships and my past relationships and lessons I've learned. I talk about so many things. I talk about equity and just making the world a better place. So TikTok is great. If you have a job for me, LinkedIn is great too. Yes. And if you have a story to share. Uh, ourblacklist.org. Yes. Oh, got it. Thank you so much. Closing remarks as we wind down. I just want to thank you so much for having me. I really love what you're doing and I love you. I've, I've loved getting to know you and I want to be a part of building a better, more sustainable, positive world for everyone. Thank you, Ansa.